Pleased to be joined by a former number six in the world, Wayne Ferrer. Wayne, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure, Jill. Yeah. I always come spend some time with you. Oh, thank you. Now, I'm going to be have a little bit more broader subject. I want to talk about you as a coach in particular and what you feel like you've learned from your playing career and have brought to your coaching style or how you approach coaching in general. Well, I think it's, um, it's always... I kind of a little bit sort of person to person on how you and who you're coaching. I think what I did, which was interesting for me, is that when I retired, I mean, I went into a different business for about 10 years, and then I actually opened up a little tennis academy up in California, uh, in Berkeley, and I spent three years uh, teaching young kids and and from like eight to 14, and that's when I actually learned how to coach tennis. Uh, I learned a lot more about the game. I was I had this a lady Rosie Barrys who used to be Mackenzie McDonald's coach from a young age. I spent the three years with her, and I learned so much from her about the game that I didn't actually know about or, or, or think about while I was playing. Um, and that helped my coaching a lot. Um, you know, when you're playing, you're just playing, but when you're sitting on the outside and, and a lot of people have good advice to teach you with, and she taught me really well on, on a lot of a lot about the game. What, what exactly? Can you give us some? Um, specific fundamentals yeah. in particular okay. and the way to look at the game. Um, obviously, like I said, it's difficult when you grow up and you just play, you just play. But when you look on the outside and you look in, you have to analyze a little bit better. And, you know, obviously I've worked with a few players, but Francis for the last three years. So I have to look specifically at him and what I can help him with fundamentally, uh, physically, mentally. Um, you know, there's a lot to think about. And, and I have to be careful because I don't want it to be what I would do. It, would, it needs to be kind of what he needs uh, to do. So you sometimes, you know, a lot of coaches you can see sometimes they, they take their what they do and they push it into their players, but it doesn't mean that it works for that specific mm-hmm. player. And you have to be very careful about, you know, figuring out the person that you're working with and what works for them. Yeah, see, I'm always curious about this perspective because there are a lot of coaches, I, or former players I talk to that have become coaches and they see the game com- completely differently. Mm-hmm. Are there things that you learned that you were like, oh my gosh, I could, wish I could have done that for my game? A hundred percent, I think I could have done a little bit different, but I also think that the style of tennis has changed now from when I played. I mean, when I first started, it was all about serve and volley and coming to the net, and then it gradually changed, and then the new technologies came in, and, and you know, now it's more about pace and power. Um, so it's diff- different. I mean, it's it's a different game. So you have to change your opinion of what or how you approach the game specifically because of how everyone else plays. Now, I've noticed Francis in particular has been looking to transition forward a little bit, and there's been a lot of talk about how maybe we feel like the players should be doing that a little bit more often. What is your take on that? Because the game has gotten so much more physical, the players are returning a lot better. Do you feel like that is the next phase? Well, I think the serve and volley is always going to be extremely difficult. I mean, someone like Cressy tries to do it, and it's difficult. I mean, does well with it, but it's 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 different, difficult because of the power and the pace that mm-hmm. the players can get off of the return of serve. I do think that there is something to be said about maybe a little bit of a chip and charge, but also a drive charge, you know, taking the ball early, coming to the net. The problems that a lot of the players have, and Francis is an example of one of that, is that he grew up not really learning how to volley properly, properly, like a, like a true serve and volleyer would. So even like... 
you know he likes to come to the net he doesn't volley as well as maybe some as he would have been if he had learned to serve and volley or play a lot of doubles when he was younger so even though he comes to the net doesn't volley as well as as I would or he would like to so if you are going to start playing that you're going to have to spend a lot more time at the net practicing uh, coming forward um, doubles was always you know a way to do that but a lot of the singles players don't play doubles and when they do play doubles now they stay back so you know coming forward is good it can be done but you can learn have to learn how to volley mm-hmm. I, I want to talk a little bit as well about um, how much people don't see the hard work that goes into the we, they come and see the tournaments and how the players are performing but can you give us an insight a little bit into the the day-to-day how much work it takes to get to this stage well, I think every day, but I mean, the off, the off weeks are the weeks where they count, right? That's the weeks where you've got to put in the long, long hard hours uh, on the court and doing a lot of um, drilling, working on specifics, um, a lot of fitness, and then, you know, also, also the gym work. I mean, so off, off weeks are, are tough. I mean, you know, we try to double session a day tennis and one maybe one full session in the gym and then one session of running and fitness afterwards so the days get very long i mean looking at six seven hours of of tennis a day um you know once you get to the tournament it's too late to start working on stuff uh, we do do in between days he francis is still doing a, a lot of gym work he's still going in the gym and doing his sessions it's not as heavy as it would be on off weeks and that but there's a lot of emphasis now on the stretching and the and the gym and the and the fitness side and how much do you get into like nutrition and stuff like that? Um, not not as much. I mean, Francis has has had to cut back a lot on the food that he likes. He likes Oreos and he likes cookies. And, Who doesn't like Oreos? Well, yeah, but not 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 as much as he does. But he's had to cut back a little bit on that, and he's actually been doing a good job. He's still, in my opinion, not as good as he should be in regards to having good breakfast. Um, he does do well when it comes to the courts and the food intake that he has before matches and after matches. It's just the breakfast that's a bit of a problem mm. for him. But uh, he's not on a specific diet. He's just trying to eat as well as he can. Mm. And just talking about the mental part of it a little bit, I think Francis has mentioned to me a couple times that that's been the key for what's been going well. But how much do you focus on the, the mental side? Because it's such a huge part of the game. Well, for him, I think it's probably the most important, the investment and the intensity, the investment to want to go out and try it 100% all the time through the match, that's obviously a key. There's days where he doesn't feel like as good as he would like to feel, and, and, he, and you have to fight through those days. I mean, if you could win matches, if you only won matches when you felt great, you wouldn't be good. You've got to win the matches where you don't feel that good. Those are the ones that count, and those are the ones I'm trying to get him to win, is the days that he doesn't feel so good to put that little extra effort into fight and to grind. So the, the, there's that, there's the investment side, and then the intensity side is also when, when he's playing matches and things are going easy and he wins the first set or he's up a break or things are going well, is to keep the intensity so that he doesn't lose his concentration and allow the opponent back mm-hmm. in. So those are the two main specific things that we focus on. But you've, you've been there. I mean, you've been in those moments yourself where you had the struggles, but you also succeeded to, to such a great degree. Like... How can I don't know if you can explain it like how maybe getting through those difficult moments and what you had to do to continue to just keep 
coming back and working at it. Well, I mean, you look at you look at uh, the draw in particular, and you watch. I mean, I, I tell Francis every time we see a draw, like for instance, I watched uh, Rublev one round, one time first round of the French Open, down two sets and a break, and then we watched Zverev in the same French Open was down two sets and and down a break in the fourth set and playing horrible, play, not playing well at all. The conditions were tough, and you know they fought and they hung in there and they hung in and hung in. And they ended up winning that specific match and made the one made quarters one made semis and those are the things I try to emphasize with him I say to him those are the ones that count right because if you have a bad day it doesn't mean the next day is going to be bad you've got to win those matches those are the ones that make you a great tennis player if and and we we don't have as many of those as we would like and we're getting better and we're having a few more matches that we could have or should have lost that he ends up winning but that's what makes you a champion is winning those matches so you you haven't had many of those tough matches that you would like not as many as as, as he needs yeah if he that he needs to be uh, um, top 10 like for giving example catching off match in Australia this year fourth round he did not play very well um, and came, started fighting back and had 6-1 in the break and the fourth set to go into the fifth and ended up losing but that that's a match where for me it's a, an opportunity lost where he's not playing that well but he's kind of hanging in there but if he wins that catching off made semis and that's the difference that's the difference that it makes sometimes is winning those matches you reminded me of a quote Nadal said, I think, a while back, is being willing to suffer. Absolutely. Could you relate to that? Absolutely, 100%. I mean, and you, and you win those matches, who knows where you end up in the draw. First round and second round in particular, those are the ones that count, you know. And, I mean, if you win those matches, you, you, things can go anywhere from there. But, you know, I, I want him to walk off at the, at, at the end of the day and say, even if I didn't play my best, I gave 100% mm-hmm. and tried my best. That's the key that you can make yourself feel good you can't always control your destiny but you can always do your best to control it can you think of matches that you played that you remember that in particular I've had, what? I've had many I mean I remember Marty Fish I was down two sets to love and 4-1 uh, in the third and one in five I mean I remember one time I lost to 7-6-7-6 to Krejcik in, in Australia again and one in five I've had a lot of matches where I was down and out and fought and hung in there and then you know there's been a few matches the way I was way way ahead uh, Wimbledon one year, Magnus Gustafsson, I remember I was up 5-1 double break and lost. So, you know, I mean, you, you, have, you hopefully have more of the ones that you win than the ones that you lose. When you brought the five sets, because this is good for insight for, for what guys go through when they have to go for a three out of five. Because, I mean, we hear a lot of people say, okay, yes, they have a chance to beat like a Djokovic and Adolf Federer, but if it goes to five, it's probably going to be Djokovic and Adolf Federer. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, I think the longer the match goes, generally, generally the better player should win. But the better player at on the day, right? But the better player, tennis-wise, mentally-wise, or all, everything. I'm going to say on the day. Yeah. It still has to be on the day because you can still have bad days. You know, you can still play. But I mean, generally, the better players have a way of playing better on more regular basis, and they have a better way of when they don't start off well, turning it around and coming back. So generally, the better player always on, on in five sets comes through, um, but not always. And I, I, now I want, I want to get your insight on something else, because mm-hmm. you are a star, Wayne, Oops. on stardom. Uh, yeah. And how to deal with that, because that's not, you know, sometimes you see players struggle with that a little bit. You see some players embrace it very easily. And how did you deal with that when all of a sudden, when you made your jumps top 20, top 10, mm-hmm 
to deal with all the attention, the expectation? What what helped you the most? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's difficult, you know, and like Francis is in that position now where his life's changing a lot and people yeah. are wanting a lot, expecting a lot from him. It's difficult. You have to really learn to, to deal with it. I mean, me in particular, I didn't enjoy the limelight of being, you know, uh, I would say accosted by people, but like, you know, attacked by people coming to you all the time. I, I didn't really, hard, yeah. I didn't really enjoy that part of it all. So um, how did you deal with I that? I stayed away, stayed very quiet. I didn't live in South Africa, so that made it easier. And there were a lot less people in the US and Europe and that that knew me as much as they say they did in South Africa. So it was a little easier for me from that perspective. Stayed away as much as I could. Um, but the expectations of winning, I think... Everybody seems to have that, and that's just how you deal with it. I actually enjoyed the expectations. I felt that I did as well or even better than maybe what I could have. So for me, I always felt very happy about where I was and the efforts that I was giving in, and I tried as much as I could and fought as hard as I can and practiced as hard as I could. So I was always happy with where I sat in my ranking and and my efforts. So I never really had any expectations to do any better. I mean, there were people always saying, oh, you should win a Grand Slam and win a Grand Slam. And I said, well, I'm going to go out and try every single time. But if I don't, it's not for the lack of trying. So I I think I managed it pretty well. Um, Francis has that now with a lot of people wanting a lot more from him and that. And he has to really learn to to deal with that a little bit better. And we talk about that sometimes. And he needs to grow up. He needs to take responsibilities for the people that are around him, uh, the time that he gives everybody um, and managing his time better. And how has he been able to take that responsibility a little bit more? Because I remember you mentioning that a few times. Like, yeah. How have you been able to get him to take responsibility? Well, it's difficult when I'm not around all the time. Um, but uh, he has to do that day to day because people are after him day in and day out. And I tell him that you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's, you're not a bad person to say no sometime. He has a hard time saying no. He wants to do everything for everybody and it sucks his, his, his time away from him. He needs to, you know prepare his days a little bit better, do better on his time management, and he needs to say no. Favorite moments from your career? Oh, I have many. I mean, I'm fortunate to be played 16 years on the tour and, and, and enjoy my career and had a, had a fun time doing it. I don't really have any favorites. I don't have any non-favorites. I just was very happy to, to be able to do a sport that I loved um, and still actually be around it. So. Favorite moments of your coaching career so far? Well, the semi-finals of the US Open was great last yeah. year. Yeah, I mean this is good this year. I mean, but I, I'm I'm wanting him to win a title. That's that's that would be the best one for me right now is for him to win a title. Doesn't matter which one and where it is, just win one. Yeah, and then I know we have to mention how tough it is for a coach because it is a full-time job traveling. What what do you do? for yourself would you say to be able to get that break or to get away even when whether whether you're home or on the road yeah I mean I do travel a lot and I'm fortunate because my girlfriend is, has a job that allows her to travel with yeah. me um, so we able to spend a lot of time together so we do a lot of hiking uh, sightseeing um, we, we keep ourselves busy a lot so I, I have no problem to enjoy myself where I am um, so for the moment it's, it's fun I mean we're having a good time all right. Well, Wayne, thank you so much. You're I know welcome, you're a busy Jill. guy, but best of luck. Thank and you. Thanks for chatting. No problem.